Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. So this is the Finding Backcountry podcast, episode number 28, I believe, with the with the man, the myth, the legend, this guy from uh, Montana that's, I think, catching a lot of people's attention, man. Um, I got Sterling. What's your last name? Well, that is my last name. My first really? name is Luke. Luke? <laughs> yeah. 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 I had Mr. Sterling. <laughs> Heck yeah, well. Mr. Know. Sterling. No, so I've got I've got Luke, and you can tell how much, uh, you know, how well we know each other. I don't even know his first name, which is fine, because uh, we're just, we're going to talk hunting anyway, so. got we Luke. better start that over. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're okay. good, man. We're rolling. All right. I'm not, I, I, you know, the first couple episodes of this, I used to get so paranoid about what I said, and I've learned now, like, the more the more uh, authentic or the more just natural the better man it's raw like, raw is good yeah it's it's all good man i i uh i don't edit hardly anything ever other than just little you know if, if you accidentally swear here we'll uh we'll edit it and uh you know other than that we're just gonna let it roll so um you're i know you're from montana and and kind of where exactly and and uh you know what's what part of the state are you in well, I'm in the northwest part of Montana. I'm not going to give my exact location because I got a lot of haters out there. <laughs> you know, some crazies. You never know. I got a, you know, I blocked a few today. Hey, there, fair, but, fair um, enough. You know, I'm not going to give my exact location because you know that's just not what I'm going to do. But northwest Montana. Um, I've lived here my whole life, um, 39 years, and you know, I've I've watched this place grow. You know, from very few people to a lot of people. So, you know, I'm kind of Right there with everybody else. Everything's getting bigger. Been into so, hunting your whole life? Hunting my whole life. Um, you know what? I didn't grow up as a you know a hunter in my early years, but my brothers and sisters started hunting. I got uh, six kids in my family. Um, they all you know kind of hunted towards the end as I was getting to nine, ten ish. And the coolest part about this whole story is, you know, I came home from school one day and my mom was like, you know what? I got to show you something in the garage. And I didn't have anything to do with hunting up until then, um, single mom, six kids, um, came in the garage and my brother had shot a spike deer during the general season. And I thought that that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, I just, I, I wanted to do it, you know, to feed my family, to, you know, to, to, you know, do exactly what he was doing and provide, you know, and I just, I've done it ever since, you know, and I just took it to a whole new level. Lately. So was that, was that, uh, you know, being like your, your mom was a single mom, was that actually like a pretty big deal that he had come home with like, like a wild game and like meat to feed? Yeah. The I mean, we, I mean, she always did it and they did it, you know, as you know, my older brothers and sisters, but I was never kind of in that loop. You know what I mean? I didn't know what was going on Yeah. until I finally seen it and like, okay, you know, now I understand. And, you know, I was, like I said, seven, eight, nine years old and I, I just, I was automatically hooked. I was like, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. So hunting has been in my family forever, but 
like I said, I just took it to a whole new level. Once I, we were always meat hunters. We always did it for food. And now, you know, as I graduated high school, I took it to kind of a, a second level as a passion, you know. Um, I, we still eat all our meat, you know. It's, it goes, it goes back, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, I, it's actually unique. I think that, you know, and, and, uh, man, so many, I think so many people um they use the the meat as kind of a um i don't know i, I don't want to say an excuse like uh, for what we're doing or whatever but they they almost make it sound like um you know if i couldn't hunt i wouldn't be able to have meat or something like that and and i don't, don't get me wrong i eat 100 percent of everything that i get too but it's it's i can't honestly say that it's like well if i didn't kill this deer that i wouldn't be able to afford meat or food or something like that yeah it's not like that nowadays yeah it's not like that nowadays i mean it's it's a hobby i mean you know people hunt because it's you know it's fun something it's it's fun it's something they do that's something they like to do you know um you know it's just it is what it is i mean you grow up that way it's always how it you know yeah it's just the way it is it's like fishing i mean you catch and release but sometimes you take some fish home right right um, so transition between kind of then and now, I mean, were, were you mostly just big game for a long time or how did you transition into uh predator hunting like you do now? Well, you know, meat and stuff, like I said, it's always been a part of who I am and, and that's what we brought home to eat. And, you know, we survived on it. Um, like I said, uh, six kids and a single mom, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot to go around. So. I mean, you did what you have to do to survive. And, you know, we didn't have wolves back then. I mean, we had wolves, but not like now. Um, the wolves now, we, they're, you know, they're not even they're not even the same wolves we had back then. I'm not sure where they came from. I mean, there's a lot of argument of, you know, they planted them in Yellowstone. Look what happened in Yellowstone. I remember growing up 13 years old, going to putting in for a cow elk tag in um, Yellowstone Park or just outside of, you know, the gardener hunt. And there was 2,500 permits. I remember this like it was yesterday. 2,500 permits, 1,800 people put in for it. You guarantee a cow tag every single year. Well, there's no longer, no permits. There's nothing. I mean, because they introduced wolves to the park. I mean, I understand they're part of the ecosystem, but, I mean, you gotta you got to manage them, and that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm managing our wolves around here because I can, I guess. So, and, and I, and, part of it. and just cause I'm curious back up, I mean, have you, has it just kind of been wolves or do you do other pred? I mean, are you, you hunt coyotes probably too? Do you hunt lions? Um, in the Northwest, we don't have a bunch of ca- uh, coyotes, but, um, you know what? There's a lot of lions around here that I've been putting in for tags every single year. I have not been successful on a tag. My wife's drew a tag one time. She shot one with a bow. It was pretty cool. Um, I shoot bears every year. Um, and they're all parts of it. You know, it's not just the wolves, it's the coyotes. Your bobcats get, you know, black bears get a ton of, you know, calves and, um, deer and stuff like that. But I mean, it's just, it's all part of management. And, you know, a lot of guys say, why do you, why do you shoot a wolf? You know, well, you know what? I pay 20 bucks a tag for, for my wolf tags. And, you know, I'm putting back into the, you know, the pool for managing everything else around us. To go hunt, you know, I'm just, you know, it's just, it is what it is. 
Yeah, and you know, so, and, and that's that's the interesting thing though about your situation. Just kind of backing up here is like, you know, y- you mentioned that you go kill a bear every year. It seems like if a guy wants to, well, I, as soon as I say that, I tried to kill a bear last year and I couldn't do it. But ge- generally speaking, if a guy wants to go kill a I like bear, to, I like to look at it as harvesting. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, a lot of people look at frown upon that stuff. I mean, like I harvest a bear, I, I eat my bears that I eat, you know, or take, and you know, yeah, I don't know, lot, you know, it's it's turned into kind of a political thing lately. It seems like. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so you gotta, you know. Yeah. No, for sure, and uh, you know the bears and the wolves especially, but. Um, what, what I was going to say though, is, you know, any guy success rates are just better on, on bears, black bears, for example, if it's a Mm -hmm. state, if it's a state that, you know, is liberal with their tags, like say Idaho, for example, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, 50% maybe ballpark or something like that. Guys, like, I think guys who have never hunted wolves before, especially, we look at what you're doing and like, how are you even finding wolves? And then you see guys go hunt wolves and they can't can't even turn one up, man. Like I, you know, I, I I don't know. I haven't researched it a ton, but so that, that's what catches everyone's attention about what you're doing is that you're not only finding them, you're killing them and you're killing multiple wolves a year. Um, So is that, that's kind of your, that's kind of your thing over the bears and and the lions. Uh, You know, well, spring bear for us is going to start here in a couple weeks so we don't get to hunt them all year round and i've only in the last probably four or five years really pursued wolves because i've seen the damage that they were doing on our big game population like i used to be able to go anywhere around here and get into elk or moose or mule deer you know the high country mule deer you see these big huge you know i've cold i've i've taken big you know 200 inch mule deer, multiple 200 inch mule deer over the years, but it's, I find myself working harder and harder and harder to find these deer with age than it ever has been. And it's because of all the predators. I mean, there has to be a balance between predators and big game. I mean, otherwise you're not going to have nothing, you know? You know, and that's, that's the fear that everyone has because, you know, especially like, when we see these groups that want to introduce wolves or something like that, or introduce grizzly bears or whatever the case is, the problem that I think guys have is we have these herds of, of, uh, you know, deer and elk, for example, and, and we're, we're managing those and it's okay that we're managing those to the, to the, you know, to an extent, but then, but then, we see these these people that want to introduce wolves and the problem is that we're not allowed to manage them and so then you know it's it, i i i have this so thing many where, so many people think that they're endangered and, and protected you know and and they may be in you know 30 of the 40 whatever states um, you know it's it's like grizzly bears same thing i mean i go out in the woods and you know i have a you know, thousand pound, fifteen hundred pound grizzly bear yeah. at any corner. You know, down in California, you don't get that. You know, right. So, you know, I've been bluff charged numerous times. You don't want a grizzly bear to attack you. I mean, it's going to be done. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, there's got to be that point of balance. You know, right. Just, and that's and, and that that word balance is the key because to me, and so th- th- this is the way I think of it is like, you know, 
if if we're gonna manage the deer and the elk and the and all these all these type of animals, we're we're in in essence we're playing God, right? We're we're saying this is this is how many animals should be in this area, and and this is how many shouldn't, and this is the size that we want, and this is the size that we don't want. Um, you know, we're gonna manage this unit for this type of a hunt, and we're gonna have this many objective animals in this unit and so on and so forth. And it's, it, it's kind of like playing God, um, to an extent. Right. And, and we love to do this as humans. The problem in my opinion is when you, if, if you're going to play God with everything else and then not play God with the predators, then you have a problem because they're, yeah. they're being left completely unchecked. And, 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 and furthermore, if, if, if we were to go back thousands of years, maybe there was wolves everywhere. I I don't know. Um, yeah, I wouldn't call it playing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it playing God. But yeah, I, I have a whole different outlook on that part of it. But well, just, just wouldn't you agree though? Just the 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 aspect of managing and kind of saying, you know, we're going to manage this resource and we're going to, you know, um, you know, we're we're going to say because I mean that's that that's that's kind of what the states are doing is they're saying we're going to say how many deer and elk are allowed to live and how many are allowed to die. And yeah. you, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't mean it any further than just the simple form of, you know, we're, we're kind of managing the resource, but then, well, I but mean, then you we have to manage it as everything grows. You have to manage what it is. I mean, right. it's, it's just like people, you know what I mean? It's, you know, um, yeah, you got to manage stuff. I mean, this is like you said, like global warming, we have to take a, you know, right. climate change or whatever they say, you have to take a, you know, a look at it and see what's going on. I mean, you have to do that. Like our state, you know, here's here's a kind of a prime example. Our state gives out like 350 wolf tags, our wolf permit for the whole state. 88 wolves got harvested this year. <laughs> uh, it was like one of the final numbers they told me at the thing. I, I got four, four of those wolves this year. I was going to say, how, how many of those were you? <laughs> well, I, I did four. But seriously like it's been like 350 you know 360 some your first couple years and i mean we have never met the statewide quota since it opened back in you know whatever it was 2012 whatever you know um we've never you know i I never hunted walls for the first couple years it was open until i started seeing them do the damage that they were doing in my hunting areas right it's not because i have a you know I have dogs. I love my dogs. You know, I just, they have to be managed. And if no one else is out there going to do it, then I guess that's where I can, you know, step in. So talk, talk about, in your opinion, kind of, kind of along those lines and and the, the experience that you have. Um, One of the questions that I, I, I'm going to go through a few of these questions as kind of we talk and things come up. One of the first questions, um, that I want to talk about that we got from social media was from at Ty Mar- Ty Merch, I believe. And he's, his question basically was asking about unmitigated predators. And so as an example, like talk about your opinion of this, uh, like the, the grizzly ban up in BC where these predators aren't managed or aren't allowed to be hunted. What do you think is going to be the effect of something like that? Well, I mean, if, if you're not going to keep a predator in check, it's only going to get older. It's only going to get wiser. And, you know, the outcome is going to be, you know, eventually going to move down and they're going to run out of a food source and they're going to start relating to people. 
I mean, it's the same thing with the wolves around here and the bears around here. You know what we've had, we've never had a bigger problem, you know, in in town for garbage bears and stuff like that as we have in the last you know several years because of you know lack of food source out in the you know wilderness. I mean, you know, think about it. You you know go to the counter and there's no food on the counter. Where are you going to go next? You're going to go to the fridge, right? I mean. It's just, it's the same thing that these animals are doing. I mean, if you don't, you got wolves killing freaking goats and sheep and all over the place because there's, there's getting far and few between herds of elk and deer around here. I mean, I'm not sure where it's all going with the rest of the part of the state and other states, but I see it. I see what I see here, you know, I mean, and yeah. all my, all my stuff that I'm talking about is based on this spot. So. Interesting. So I, I kind of want to take one step back here and just start with the basics of this, of this whole situation, um, you know, and, and kind of, kind of start with um, maybe, maybe just generally speaking, what would you say is like the number one overall reason that you've been successful finding and killing wolves? Well, it's a food source. Like I said, you go to a food source and you know, they got to eat, right? So you go to a wintering range. I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, if you got a, a main wintering range where you live, that's the first place you look. I mean, they're going to be there. And so, so and, and that's perfect because that was another one of the questions, um, you know, that we had gotten was, let's see if I can find it here, um, at Mike Waller Bowhunter on Instagram. He's he's asking basically that. He's he's asking how you're finding these, and, and is it more – are you doing more research on Google Maps is what he's asking? Or like I think what you're hinting at is that are you tracking the mule deer and the elk herds where they're wintering and then knowing that wolves are going to be close by? All my statistics as far as around here and, and big game come from a, a very extensive background of horn hunting. Like as if you're a horn hunter, you know where the game are at during the winter. Okay, so you hunt those areas. Um they're going to be there. The wolf hunting is not just like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go wolf hunting. Um, a lot of guys realize, don't realize, I guess, how much time that I actually put in as far as hours go. Um, I, I've, I've said this in a few other podcasts. I literally put 30 to 40 days in. And, and some of those days are eight hours to, you know, 20 hour days. And you're, before I even before I even see a wolf, right? Or and, hear a wolf. And the key there is you're talking days in the field, not like days you know sitting at home on Google Earth. You're talking days in the field, boots on the yeah. ground. Yeah. You know what? I, I I religiously use Onyx Maps. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of all that stuff, um, but it's a tool that I use where I know exactly what land I'm on. From, you know, because especially in you know some of the lower 48s. I mean, there's a lot of private land. If if you guys you know. Onyx Maps is legit. It's you can use it. It shows exactly where you're at. I mean, you can save maps, and you don't even need service to use it. Um, I use that a lot around here. There's a lot of public land, but there's a lot of private land. So you gotta, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to move around. And and what I mean by that is, you know, I'll a lot of times I'll get on wolves the night before, right? I'll come home, sleep for four or five hours, and I'll go back out the, the very next morning, a few hours later. And those same wolves will be 40, 50 miles away. It's crazy how much country that they cover. 
they're not always in that one specific spot. And wintering ranges, a lot of deer and elk go to the wintering range, but the wolves won't be in with that herd. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of, you got to kind of look at it like, okay, they come in, pick something off, they, they eat it or whatever they do, and then they go back up. They're not going to live in with, they'll be on the outskirts is what I should say. Right. Kind of, kind of similar how I picture like a cat, you know, a lion down yep. here would, would, yeah, you know, they're the, not going to just go hang out with the herd. Right. Lions in the not, mountains. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're going to be tucked up in the nastiest cliff in yeah. the back of the nastiest canyon. They're going to, when they go hunt, they're going to come down and, you know, be in the middle of it. But yeah, same, same. They're very, thing. very efficient hunters, just like cats, you know, um, cats are very efficient hunters. Wolves are just a kind of teamwork, you know? So are they, we, a, wolf, a wolf will get whatever they want. It doesn't really, really matter how big it is. Right. I mean, they'll, they'll get what they want, basically. So are, are wolves, um, you know, is it kind of a territorial thing? Again, completely ignorant to it here. So I'm going to ask some basic questions, which is probably good. But are they, are they territorial where um, they're going to have maybe a pack that, you know, has a dominant wolf? Is, is it a dominant male or a dominant female that runs the, the pack? I would say it's the dominant male and female. Um, alpha male, alpha it, female. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but here's the deal. I mean, those like all the offspring. There's from from what I've seen. I'm not no biologist around here. I just this is I'm going off totally what I see. Um, I've seen packs from anywhere from two to three to twenty around here. Um, there's going to be one alpha male and one alpha female, but there's also going to be offspring every single year off that and numerous, numerous pups, you know, and at, at one or two years old, all those younger males, they venture off. Okay. They're, they're not going to, I mean, they might be part of the pack, but eventually they're going to want to make their own pack. Yeah. And then that's where, yeah, the, that's the, where it gets crazy. The alpha dog just ain't going to have that, you know, he's no, well, you know, I mean, think of a dog. They, they want some of that too, you know, and if they can't have it, then what are they going to do? They're going to go off on their own and make their own pack. Yep. And it's just what it is, Mother Nature, you know. Um, so when you say they move, you think that's the same pack, obviously, just just on the hunt for 40, 50 miles or whatever, and then kind of, you know, staying in that kind of mountain range, generally speaking, or or is that just wolves moving from one spot to a different spot, or what do you think that is? Well, so here's what I found for the packs that are around here. I, I got probably, I don't know, half a dozen packs, that, that well-known packs that I know where they're at. But those same wolves will range typically with the, with, in the wintertime 40 to 50 miles in, in either direction, you know, from where I find them. So, I mean, it's, they, they, they're very territorial as far as packs go from what I hear. I haven't really seen that in the field so i don't know you know so i can't say like okay you can't cross this line you know as a wolf but, so i don't know about that but, but it was what i do know is i i have harvested one with a gps collar and this was a couple of years ago and it was up in this northwest part of it but where it was collared at and where it was at two weeks prior was over 150 air miles away I har- 150 air miles it was a two-year-old male and I got some of the inf- they wouldn't give me all the information on it, but I got some of it back, and I took it up here. It was over 150 miles away, two weeks. That's incredible. 
They're like three mountain ranges. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when a, when a two-year-old male wants to go, you know, that's typically, you know, two years old, it wants to do its own thing. And, uh, but it was, it, you know, it was in its home, its home little uh, place, you know, for the whole time, for the whole two years until up until that point. <laughs> so, and so you generally, right now you're saying you, you've got, you know, maybe half a dozen different separate packs or whatever, just generally located or whatever you, you kind of know the vicinity that they'd be hanging out in. Yeah. You know, I go back to the same spots and they're just, you know, because of the deer and elk are there. Right. But they're always going to be there because it's a food source. Right. And so we have a lot of dead spots around here. There's, there's so much snow usually around here. It's like, you know, you know where the wintering ranges are. Right. And so, okay. Now walk, so walk me through, um, you know, the process of, of, getting one of those on the ground so you 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 generally know where a herd is or a pack i mean um what what would be your your first move or your next move um if you were going to go after you know a certain pack that you had i you know i started out by calling you know in, in these areas and it, and it and it worked a couple wolves here and there um and the last they're so educated right wolves are smart i mean they are the apex predator for a reason they're super smart so if somebody calls them they mess up and they see them that wolf will never be called again in his life yeah i, I promise you that so if you kind of i've kind of inv- uh, evolved with them as far as i don't call them really if if i don't see them and have them within a thousand yards i won't even touch a call because i've i've literally watched and i've snuck up on them and i've, I've hit rabbit calls and you know, distress calls and they just run the other way as fast as they can run. You know what I mean? So it's like, you kind of, you gotta, it's like an elk, you know, some elk like cow calls, some elk like bugling, right? You got to kind of play it out with them. It's the same thing. When you've had success. I don't, I, I don't ever go out like in the field, like coyote hunting and set up and making. Yeah. You're, you're not, it's not like you're going out for a day and making stands or something like no. that. Yeah. There's zero stands, zero stands until I see them. And I visually have them in, you know, in my sights as far as that goes. When then I might hit a rabbit distress, just a little one to coax them in. Is that I can't get closer? Is that what you've had the the success with? Is like a rabbit squealer? Or is it like a fawn in distress or a cow calf elk in distress? I usually just, you know, we have a lot of cottontail around here. I'll usually use a, just a light cottontail if I do call, and probably. Two out of the 12 wolves that I've gotten, I've used a rabbit call. The others have been spot and stock, straight up. I mean, wolves are, they're always on the move, but when they got to kill, you know, they're not looking for other food. Same thing with an elk. They got a bunch of cows, you bugle and cow call at them, they're not looking for another cow because they already got a bunch, right? Right. So. It's funny because it's like, how much is one little cottontail rabbit going to do for a whole pack of wolves? When, when you call them Especially like that. Especially when they're, you know. Yeah, exactly. When they get when when they want to get what they want, they're gonna go get it. Right. And so, it, it has to be. You have to be really careful about calling them nowadays around here. I think or anywhere. I mean, they're very educated. A lot of people are doing it. Um, there's a hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people around here doing it right now. I mean, so they're super educated. And our My guys... best friend is snow. Are guys typically, I mean, is it, is it, cause like you say that, and that's exactly what I'd be, I'd be the guy 
they would go down to the store and pick up my Fox Pro and go sit on a ridge and just freeze my butt off waiting for wolves to come in. I mean, is that is that is that what most guys are doing, you think? I think a lot of guys are doing that, and you will literally sit there for the rest of your life and never see one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not even kidding you. Well, I mean, that's how my coyote is calling is gone. Uh, that's how my well, coy- coyotes it works at. I mean, coyotes, you know, you can, you know. Yeah, coyotes well, a little bit different. For but most, yeah, for most still, people, it works. Not here's, me. The, here's the deal about coyotes, and wolves are a million times smarter than them. Keep in mind, coyotes we've been able to hunt with no tags for eternity, right? Right. We've never gotten rid of them. They're always there, <laughs> right? There, there's so, even uh, there's even theories. I was listening to Ranella's podcast. There's theories that by killing coyotes, it actually compounds the problem somehow and multiplies it because it. And and it, they didn't get into it, and I don't know the science behind that. It doesn't make sense to me, you know. But well, basically, I, I addition think, uh, addition by subtraction somehow. <laughs> yeah, I kind of think I I've heard that you know philosophy or whatever. So it kind of goes up and down with, uh, you know, the population of game versus predators. Wolves will actually pop out like, you know, this is what I hear. Pop out, you know, two wolves, uh, two pups compared to, you know, eight the prior year versus the game population. And they and they kind of keep themselves in check that way. I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I hear. Same thing with coyotes, you know. So you think based on kind of how well the hunting's going, so to speak, if 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 they're in a good spot and game's plentiful and they've they've been maybe it's 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 probably scientifically it's probably a nourishment thing if if that female's been nourished pretty well she's more likely to pop out more more pups in a litter is that probably what's going on I have on? no idea how it works but I've heard the same thing yeah you know, numerous times I I don't like I said I'm not a biologist yeah I mean by that, any means that, that, I just that, see what I see. That makes sense. You know, a, a healthy mom's going to, you know, be eaten more often and she's going to be more likely to spit out a, a bigger litter or a bigger pup. I kind of I kind of look at it as like a, 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 you know, a stream full of fish. I mean, you only got so much food, right? So right. what happens, you know? We need a biologist to please email in and let's get you on the podcast so we can go through the scientific side of this. Right now, <laughs> yeah. right now with Luke, we're going to get back to the tactical side of it. So... So calling sucks and calling is not the best thing. So what, what would be, I mean, is it, so is, is it a spot in stock at that point? Are you looking for a kill uh, to sit on or what, what's your, what, what's the more uh, successful tactic? Well, you know, typically a, a, a pack of two to three will kill a deer every single day. And from around here, I, you know, I, snow is my friend. Like I said, snow is probably the biggest thing because you can track them right right and sometimes i go five miles and sometimes i go 50 miles just depends on how much you want to put into it It, as a as a hunter that wants to harvest a wolf i suggest you i suggest you just hit it hard i mean like i said you, you you know a lot of guys go out 20 days and kill an elk yeah. 40, 50 days hard, and you might see a wolf, and you have to capitalize on that very moment. I've, I've, I've capitalized on 12, and I've probably messed up on about six. How steep? That's how much. That's what's that? Oh, how steep would you say the learning curve is? Meaning, you know, same concept applies when I started elk hunting. 
you know, the first couple of years or the first couple of hunts, I, I mean, I, it was relative to the amount of success we had, it was, you know, it was terrible, but now, you know, not, not that I'm, I've arrived or anything like that, but I've just, I've, I, I understand the game a lot better. I'm just wondering, you know, is it always, absolutely yeah, is it always going to be the same or, or are you kind of to the point now you've put in enough time that, um, well, you know, as you put in time, you get more comfortable with what you're doing, you know, um, same thing with elk hunting, like you say, um, as a first time elk hunter, you're probably going to make a lot of mistakes, you know, as, as my first time elk hunting, I never even played the win. I didn't even know what, what it meant. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, di- I didn't have anybody to really teach me what I, I, I know all my basis is on what I've experienced in the field and I've learned from it. If you're not, and I've, I've learned a lot from elk hunting. I've, I, I think I got like number 37 with a bow last year. Nice. Um, they used to hunt Idaho, you know, here in Montana. I learned every single year. Elk are all different. Every year is different. You know, same thing with wolves. If, if, if you're not learning, you're not, you're not doing what you should be doing. I, right. I think. So you, you're looking for snow. That's obviously better because you can track them a lot easier. Absolutely. Um, snow's, snow's great. I mean, you know, the, the places where, you know, you guys don't have wolves quite yet, yeah. but you, you, you do, but you don't. But yeah. it's going to be bad. I mean, the Arizona Strip, once that gets hit with wolves, once they're introduced into that and once they're there, you can say goodbye to all of them 240-inch deer. I mean, they're not going to be there no more. Um, just... Don't they have – do they have like a Mexican, Mexican wolf down in the south somewhere? Uh, yep. Arizona yep. down there? Well, see, here our wolves were – you know, they were the wolves that we have here are uh, Alaskan Greys and are timber wolves. Excuse me. Right. But they're they're not the the wolves that we had here. So I mean, they're you know I don't know. It's hard to say what what would happen, but they're uh, I hear they're getting in, they're popping up in a lot of states. So. So you, you cut a, let's say you cut a track, you cut a track in the snow for whatever reason, maybe they've made a kill or whatever. Um, is it, is it literally just hike them down, see if you can get a glimpse of them, you know, a couple hundred yards up in the trees? Um, is there more, is there more tack to it, you know, or, or are you literally just putting on the boot tracks, trailing them? Usually just trailing them. And a lot of times I come up empty headed and I'll go. 18, 20 miles plus a day, you know, but that's one of those 50 days. If you do that 50 times, you're going to get a wolf. And that's just, Straight what, up. that's just kind of what you expect. Wolf. Yep. And as soon as you find one, you know, early mornings, late nights are the best time, just like elk hunting and deer hunting, right? I mean, if you're not out there early, you know, if, if you, if you get out there after daylight, you might as well just sleep in. So. Is that, I mean, obviously if you're tracking them, you can track them all day, but you're just saying they're more active in the morning and the night. Evening. Morning and night, you'll see them out moving around. And, and like I said, they'll kill a deer or whatever. An elk's probably going to be every couple of days, two, three days, you know, on a, on a normal size pack. But um, from what I found, they're, the packs that I've been hunting, they'll kill a deer easily in a day, every single day. How many uh, kill sites do you think you you walk up on in an average season? Probably, probably over fifty. <laughs> Mostly deer. 
Well, we don't have much elk or moose here anymore. So yeah, there's a lots of deer, lots of whitetail. Mule deer are pretty much in the high country. They're they're pretty much you know they're they're decreasing bad. We got, I mean, our mule deer population is hurting. You know, mule deer are stubborn. They stay up high, deep snow. Wolves walk on top of that stuff. Lions walk on top of it. I mean, they are sitting duck. So that's why I'm saying it's management's important for that. Yeah. I'm um, just making sure I'm getting through most of these questions that we had to at West underscore Hunter H N T E R. He he was and and we covered this. You know why certain drainages um, and kind of asking was it relative to to their prey? And I think you answered that that yes, it is. Um, you know, it's not they're not really anywhere just randomly they're there you know in a, in a certain area for a reason and that reason's you know food exactly so um selway archery selway underscore archery the selway archery um let me pull this up so i can see what they said exactly um they're basically asking about wolf predation rates as far as um realistic wolf predation rates on elk moose and deer we and we kind of talked about this we seem to hear a lot of the extremes curious what someone who is actually out there with boots on the ground has to say about it um you know and you, you kind of touched on that but is there anything you want to add to that as far as you know uh, the wolf predation rates how often you think they're killing and stuff like that well you know like we like we talked about i mean it's they're 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 getting what they get done every time they want to get it done um you know our moose and elk population is in the northwest here are pretty pretty slim nowadays you know i'm finding myself as an an avid hunter that has always hunted 10 to 20 miles outside my house going 400 miles to go find some elk because it's eastern montana or you know what i mean so it's it's tough it's tough nowadays i mean are 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 the wolves? Are they throughout the whole state of Montana, or just kind of that western uh, western left western side? Well, they're through the whole western part because there's a lot of timber and a lot of mountains. They don't usually make it to the prairies, so they're they're getting over into the eastern parts. But the ranchers and stuff over there with cattle, they usually take care of them before they kill and so, make it yeah. too far. Yeah, because we got a we got a law in Montana like all the ranchers and stuff because of all the cattle problems and sheep. Um, if there's a wolf within, I think it's, I can't remember what the regulations are, but 15 or 20 miles of a cultivated field of that owner, they can take them on site. No tax required. What is the, uh, so going West from there, what is, do you know what the Idaho regulations are? Do they even have a wolf hunt? They, they Idaho do. is a lot more lenient than we are. Yeah. They, they go till like July 20, 20 something. Yeah. And I got some buddies, you know, that live down there. Um, Bam, and uh, I'm sure you know Bam. Um, and uh, Zach Owen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys live down there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they go till like, July or something. Yeah, as soon as I say that, I remember that I uh, when I went in to hunt uh, cow elk, well, it wasn't a it was an either-sex tag. I ended up killing a cow elk. Um, we could also pick up a... A bear slash wolf tag, I think. Yeah, is that right? That's right, isn't it? In uh, in, in the Idaho, Idaho side or yeah. Montana side? Yeah, it was Idaho. 
Well, yeah, I'm not sure about Idaho. I don't, I don't really, I've never really put it. I mean, I used to hunt elk there all the time. I put in, you know, for a year, or you didn't even, you could buy two elk tags over the counter. Yeah. Here's another interesting thing. Where I used to hunt elk, I haven't in the last few years, but you used to be able to buy two over-the-counter out-of-state elk tags. And the, the wolves that got into that country that I was hunting completely wiped out that horde, went down and wiped out a bunch of cattle, and they, 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 they had to call the government trappers in. There was 28 wolves, and it took them like freaking a year and a half to get them all. And they got them all, but the elk population has now since come back. This was like four or five years ago. But, yeah, it was, it was a mess. Um, talk about your, your optic and your, your, maybe your gun and your optic setup. Um, my buddy, uh, good, good friend of mine, actually Cole, uh, at Cole Shakes, Cole Shakespeare, um, is asking about your gun setup and your optics that you use. And I'm, I'm curious too, not just, you, you can go through your gun and then I want you to talk about, uh, you know, what type of glassing you do and what optic setup you're using for that too. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, I'm using a 300 Ultra Mag. Um, I, I, I load all my own bullets. I use a 180 grain AccuBond um, nozzler, and I'm shooting a you know a B25 US optic scope. Um, and the reason I use the the high power scope is because a lot of times my shots are across canyon. Um, you know, they're further away. I don't get a lot of close calls, but sometimes I do. You know what I mean? Um, wolves are very they're they're a hundred times worse than an elk. I mean, have you ever had a, an elk try to get your wind? As far as like you call you calling an elk in and they're trying to you know circle around and yeah. get your wind. Yeah. A wolf will always do that. They won't even come straight in on you. So that's another thing. They will never come straight downwind from you. They'll always circle around you and get your wind no matter what. So a long range shooting is key. If you can like up here in the northwest, it's thick. So you have to use canyons and, you know, shooting across canyons and stuff like that. So that's why I use a bigger scope. What would you say is the average uh, shot distance? Average shot distance is probably right around 300 yards. Okay. So anywhere now. from, anywhere from, uh, I shot a couple, well, I messed up on one at like 15. I shot one this year at 30, which was the closest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was on 25 power too, and it was blurry. Um <laughs> <laughs> really blurry because usually I'm used to long range shooting and that's kind of one thing that you know it was a rookie stake for me because I'm always carrying my gun around with 25 power right so I'm in the timber and you know this thing comes up and skirts around me tries to get my try to get my wind and yeah so 30 yards but it happened and then talk about just your optics in general uh, using a spotting scope or is it not really worth it in the thicker timber that you're hunting in no, no spotting scopes, just binoculars. A pair of maybe 10 yep. powers or something like that. Yep, 10 power binoculars work great. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I just going to say? You Oh, have you, uh, so speaking of that Kyle or that wolf that was kind of circling around and you said at 30 yards, have you ever been or felt like you've been uh, hunted or followed by the wolves? Never. 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 Those things are more scared, scared of people than anything. What situation, 
if any, what situation would make you kind of uncomfortable as far as that goes? I mean, as far as wolf hunting goes or yeah, any situation? Yeah. Well, specifically to wolves, I, I'm just thinking like, you know, let's say that you're out elk hunting and, and you, you know, I, I don't know, do you, do you, does it ever cross your mind? You know, and, and I think what you're saying, I, I can relate to, to uh, lions down here, you know, maybe Nevada or Utah or wherever I'm hunting. Lions are a lot different than wolves. Well, but, but, but all I'm saying is I, you know, I know they're out there and, and I know they see me, um, but I've never really, you know, it's, it's not something that lives in my mind where I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, a lion's going to come sideswipe me any second. It yeah, sounds, it's sounds a, the same. It's a, one, it's a one in a billion chance that you're going to get attacked by a lion. There's right. probably one to two billion chances that you're going to get attacked by a wolf. It's probably one in, one out of, you know, five that you're going to get you know, attacked by a grizzly bear yeah. <laughs> I mean, or a black bear. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that is where the issue is. Okay. So do we not want to, you know, hunt grizzlies? Whatever. I mean, I have no desire to hunt a grizzly, but I've, I've always come out on top, you know, as far as getting out of there, you know, just back up, whatever. But, you know, it's it's getting to the point now where they haven't been, my uncles used to do it and they still have skins over, you know, all the time back in the eighties. But, they haven't been hunted since the eighties, so they're kind of, you know, they're pissy around here. Yeah. Especially when they don't have a bunch of huckleberries, like our huckleberry season. That's what they live off of. They don't get a bunch of huckleberries. They, they come down and you're all hunting, and they come in. And yeah, I mean, hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, you they're know, scary. Well, Bears are scary. Not nothing you know, to lions and and wolves are those are just you know whatever. Yeah. So, you, you, basically no uh no fear of a of a wolf pack turning on you and saying you know what there's you know there's some easy prey or something like that um for two reasons one they're probably getting all they can eat from any deer or elk herd they're following um and two you can shoot back and you're saying that's the big difference with the grizzly bears is um if they run out of their food source um and they know that you're not going to shoot back at them and so what are what do they have to be afraid of right Exactly. I mean, do you honestly know of any successful wolf attacks killing a person? Not that I've ever heard of. There's zero. How many bear? Uh, how many bear attacks are, are there in a year? Yeah. How many lion attacks? You know tons, what I'm saying? Yeah, they they just don't do it. Well, Wolves the, don't the, attack the, people. The bears, though, you're saying, right? What's that? The bears will, though, you're saying, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Heck yeah. I mean, yeah, if they're hungry, yeah, they're going to do it. Um, one last question here that's and and this, this might, uh, this might take us off the wolf subject and leave it to, leave it to old big chief Wackabuck. Do you know, you know, uh, Oh, heck yeah, <laughs> I know. I know old big chief. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We all know old big chief. So of course, leave it to him. I post a, a photo asking for questions about uh, wolf hunting, and he's Henry's the guy that will get on and ask a mule deer question because uh, he's a mule deer junkie. So oh, he loves it. He loves it, man, and he's good. I, at actually, it. I, I that was one of my one comments that I loved. I was like, "That's my guy right there." <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah! So he, Big Chief Wackabucks, asking, "How do you consistently kill big mule deer?" Um, and specifically is the key getting further from roads or finding pockets of bucks? And if it is the pockets, he's wondering, um, you know, 
you, you, and I've actually heard this recently um, from a few guys about, you know, kind of, kind of shooting out your honey hole, but specifically how are you finding them? And then we can go, uh, go to that. Well, here's my first take on that. There is no honey holes. <laughs> there is no honey holes. All my bucks that I've gotten have been on different ridges at all parts of the state. So you don't have, you're not a guy that's got, Hey, this is my little secret basin. And well, you know what? We get to hunt the rut up here and a lot of people do. Um, November, late November. Um, you know, I know, I know places that hold mule deer does, right? And there's always going to be mule deer bucks there. Yep. So I have about 20 or 30 of those places that I know consistently hold those just by trial and error and, you know, and finding it and being out there, you have to get out there to do it. Um, and I just go, you know, I keep checking on every other day. I'll go to a different you know, spot and I've taken bucks, you know, one day there's a, you know, 150 inch buck there. Well, the next day there's a 160 inch buck there. You know, kick that one out. And we're talking only like two or three to five max groups of does where, where I come from. I mean, it's getting harder and harder and harder. A lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm shooting bucks off of one or two does, you know, but yeah, it's just knowing where, you know, migration routes. I mean, if, if you want to be successful on killing big deer, you got to learn their migration route. A lot of deer go 150 miles to migrate. Some deer don't move a bit. So you have to really key in on that, I think, well, for your that's, area. Th- that's how we grew up hunting because, you know, down here it's it's actually very rare um, that you get a hunt, you know, even into the month of September or uh, November, sorry. Um, you know, you rarely get a hunt into November and even uh-huh. then, even then it's usually, you might, you know, you might catch the first week or something like that of November and yeah, absolutely down here in the desert, especially, uh, the further South you get, that's, that's each state is different. And, and honestly, we are the same way over East our season shuts down, um, that, that second week. Yeah. And we, we don't get to hunt the rut over East, but right. it's so wide if- open, you know? Yeah, so, so if like you're saying, if you don't understand, uh, I mean that that's what that's what you have to do to find mule deer uh, is hit those migration routes and uh, you know those those pockets and basins that they're heading to, um, you know when it gets to that point. So and I, and I think that's what you're saying is my my biggest tip to anybody that wants to kill a big mule deer and they have the will and the want to do it, I would fight. I would put yourself the furthest away from any trail system around you. And, and hunt it hard that's where your big bucks are going to be there you go henry there you go furthest away from any road and that's where if you got a trail or a road that goes into a spot you know what chances are nine thousand people have been there those big bucks they don't like it they go to the spots where nobody goes you know and so that's kind of my biggest tip on mule deer well and 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 i'll i'll agree with that to a certain extent i i actually believe Mule deer, I think a little different than elk. I, I, I believe hundred percent. I believe elk, if there's like a, I'm thinking of maybe like Colorado, for example, there's a main hiking trail that all the granolas use and it's a super popular peak maybe, or something like that. Like the chances of a big bull being within, you know, a half mile either direction of that main traffic trail where it's basically a freeway all summer of, 
of hikers going back there is like slim to none, man. He might it's be, almost zero, he, and they, they yeah. might cross it for he, being they, like in the rut, but right. they're not going to hang around that. That's not going to be their bedroom. Now the mule deer, sure. the mule deer though, do you think um, it, it's it's not so much that they won't be there? It's that they just they'll just go nocturnal. You know, if if a buck, I I've hunted enough bucks, I I think where they're 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 still. I mean, they they might be right next to a road, but you're not going to see them during the day. You know, I mean, is that is that what you find up there? Or is it? Maybe uh, not see, the same? I find it a little bit different up here because our bucks they do get nocturnal, but you know, here's the thing about what I've noticed with mule deer. So you you got your first half hour of daylight window. You know, that's your your biggest window, and your last half hour, which sucks for glassing. Okay. <laughs> Glass in the morning. A lot of times, I I'm coming down the trail as people are going up. You know, if I'm I'm if I'm hunting a trail, I mean, a big mule deer, they're like vampires. They do not want the sun to hit them. So here's my biggest tip: get up there early, glass it hard wherever you're going. Glass it hard as soon as that sun hits the tip of the mountain, they're going for bed. But here's another thing. If you want to stay out and look in glass throughout the day, that same deer will change beds probably two to three times during the day because of the heat. So at, you know, 9, 10 o'clock, they'll get up and move 20, 30, 40 yards, whatever. Or they might just get up and turn turn into 180 degrees and lay back down under the tree. You know, Uh, as the sun moves across the mountain or the hills or whatever, it's going to create their shadow. You know, there's another tip. Also, They're always in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Also, uh, my good friend, the muley slayer, Mark Smith, he would always say, um, mule deer bucks, well, just mule deer in general, they rarely go more than, I think, four to six hours without eating. You know, and so you, you actually see that quite a bit if they're, if they don't feel yeah, like they get it, they, yeah. they get up all day long if and they, eat and move around. And, exactly. Yeah, they do. If, if they don't feel like they're pressured and they, they feel like they're alone and no one sees them and, and you yep. know, and, and they, they're probably absolutely not gonna, 100% correct. I right. totally agree with that. Pro- probably not going to feed out into the open, uh, face, you know, that you, you know, they're not going to move the yards, but they're going right. to feed around where they're betting. Right. They're going to stand, stand up in their bed and they're going to, you know, poke yep. around over here. That's grab, exactly what I'm yep, talking grab about. Grab some brush. Yep. And that, that's, that's a good time to find them, man. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of times all of a sudden you're like, how, what are we doing glassing at, you know, 1230 in the afternoon. And then all of a sudden, you know, one thirty, two o'clock rolls around and where the heck did that, you know, 175 buck come from? Exactly. He's just up. I've spotted a lot of big bucks at, at noon. I've, I've actually, even during hunting season, like not just preseason scouting, I've taken a lot of bucks from most of my big bucks came from ten o'clock to one o'clock in the day. Yeah, but and, and the key is what you said though. Like there, he he's gonna be on the fringe. You know, he's gonna be just like you're just gonna see a little you know antler swinging through the trees in the fringe of a really you know thick pocket of shade or something like that, where you know you just kind of catch a an ear flick in the shadows or something. Cause he, he's not going to come out into that sun too bad unless he has to, you know, Nope. Mule deer usually like to stay in the shade as far as like, you know, unless it's the rut or, you know, doesn't really matter. But during the, like the postseason rut and early season, if when the sun hits the mountain, look in the shaded spots. Cause I don't know what it is about them from, 
from this is I'm speaking from my part of the world. You know, they do not like to see sun. Like they, it freaks them out. Like I'll, <laughs> I've watched bucks move two thousand feet of elevation once once the sun hits the top, and they'll run, run, run all the way up to the top, yeah. get into a shaded spot, and then they bed usually within that hundred yards. Yeah. But they also change beds as the sun moves across the slope. You know what I'm saying? Talk about well, you know, if Henry's not satisfied with that answer, man, we just we gave oh, away every every secret <laughs> we if know he's about. Not to, if he's not listening to it, then I guess he should prove on another podcast. Yeah. Um, talk maybe about your favorite uh, mule deer hunting story, or or you know, there a good one recently that you can think of uh, just that you enjoyed. I lose you. You there? Oh, hey, you there, man? Gotcha. Did you, did you get that last question? Nope. I, I lost service for there oh. just a quick second. Well, I uh, I was asking if you could tell your favorite uh, or or maybe your favorite most recent uh, good mule deer hunting story. Oh, gotcha. Well, it'll probably be my last. Uh, you know, my my son's buck. I mean. You know, we went up in the high country. Uh, we were kind of, I found some sheds um, on a giant buck, and I, it was in a spot where it was super simple where he could get to. You know, not a lot of work. He's, he's first year hunting, hmm. and uh, just a great, great big giant mule deer. Like I would have totally taken it every single year. So we we hunt there the next year, and we didn't see the buck. We hunted. You know, you know how uh, a ten year old kid he he doesn't want to. You know, spend a lot of time sitting there and glassing like we would, right? <laughs> Lo and behold, kills a giant buck for his first year. Just a really nice, respectable buck. But the buck that got killed there this year was 230. <laughs> it was crazy. So that's probably one of my most memorable as of this point. So wait, 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 wait. Your 10-year-old killed a... Is that what you're saying? Your ten year old killed a two thirty buck? No, 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 no. Okay. A, buck, a buck of of that caliber got shot right where we were hunting. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. No, he <laughs> killed a nice five point. Nice five point. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, if a ten year old would have killed a two thirty buck, I don't even know how it would feel about. Yeah, that. I, uh, honestly, I would. I, I would. I didn't. Want, I would have never wanted him to do that. Yeah. First year off the first year. <laughs> I'm sorry, I son. Uh, I couldn't find him. Yeah, I went over there and looked yeah. everywhere. Uh, he's, he's, you're gonna yeah, have to come back was... next year. <laughs> exactly. My first buck was a barely a three point, basically an over overgrown two point, and uh, that's that's probably probably how it should be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I got four does off the first first four. On your, like I said, we were meat hunters. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. Does uh, you know that, that that's the funny my thing about my first four were does, and my parents were like, you know what, the first thing, get it. Well, and that I'm like okay, that's a sign of a true meat hunter, man. You know, everybody like like I was saying when we started, everybody likes to. Uh, oh, I'm you know I'm a I'm a meat hunter, and I and I even I did it. I killed a little dinky, uh, you know, a young buck in New Mexico uh, this last season because frankly we just we couldn't turn up anything uh any bigger 
And, and so yeah. I, I called it a meat buck, you know, a last day meat buck, just because, you know, I wanted yep. to take some meat home. But, but, but the truth is like, you're saying like, you're not a meat hunter. If, if you're, if you've, if you ever, the second that you walk into the, the field and you pass on a, on a, a legal buck or doe, you're not a meat hunter anymore. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, to me anymore, you know, I've shot some really big animals, you know, hunting some wolves, you know, gotten a lot of stuff. Right. And and you're, you're saying, you're going to say you're still a meat hunter. My, right? my biggest thing is yeah. it's, to me, it's not about, you know, I can, I can provide for my family nowadays where my parents or my mother couldn't back then. Right. In a, in a different way. To me, it's more about sharing the experience with other hunters, friends, families, sons, daughters, um, and making that connection with them, you know, right. on all levels. It's not about just going out and for me, it's not about going out and just killing something, you know, that's not what it is. It's about spending time with your, you know, your loved ones or your family, your friends, whatever, you know, it's about the experience to me nowadays right. where, where it was just strictly, okay, you know, I'm gonna shoot a doe because we need the meat. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of where I'm at now. Well, and 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 you know, I I don't want people to get me wrong either. I I still think that you know, I I, I think it's gray. I think that you know, you can still it, it, it's it's all true. You know, I I can be out there and be a trophy hunter, and I'm still a meat hunter. Um, you know, because I'm gonna take the meat, I'm gonna take it home, and that's that's a piece of the pie of why, of why you're going. And the other piece is like what you're saying, you know, the experience and the, another piece is the camaraderie and, but another piece is I'm after the biggest set of antlers and the biggest, you know, uh, whatever, you know, the biggest bodied buck that I can find or whatever. Yeah, uh, no, there's just all different kinds of levels. I mean, that's, that's exactly what you said. Yeah. There's, there's all different levels. I mean, there's, there's meat hunters to trophy hunters and it's, it's not that the trophy hunters are doing bad. I mean, they're the same thing that they do as meat hunters. They're just at a different level. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Yep. You know, we're kind of all, that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, you go through levels of, you know, okay, what do I want to do next? You know, like, you know, yeah, that, that's, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, so I think we got through most of those questions. I mean, there, there was a couple questions at the beginning there. Guys were asking, um, you know, at, uh, at hunt, fiber and at holden underscore steadly steadily and and their their questions were just very general like you know what are some of the tips and tactics of killing wolves and stuff and we we definitely covered that um and so uh you know i felt like we went through those pretty well but i i kind of want to just circle back here as we wrap this up and maybe uh similar to the mule deer story have you um maybe tell exact location yeah just GPS just exact points. gps coordinates of where <laughs> yeah, you know these these wolves are no, no um yeah i wish no just just uh maybe your craziest wolf hunting story you know maybe maybe the most uh the craziest thing that's happened to you wolf hunting or if you've had kind of a a crazy experience or something like that you know i really haven't had any crazy wolf hunts I mean, they've been pretty much cut and dry. Find, I, mean, I don't know. Find, I mean, wolf, to, I don't find know. wolf and kill wolf. Find a wolf and shoot it, <laughs> you know? I don't really know how to explain that question. That's kind of a off the wall. But, um, you know, as far as, you know, 
the craziest part about it is, is how tired I usually am, you know, <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to answer that. There's not been really a crazy part or a, a part or whatever, you know, Cra- craziest um, part is how easy some guys think it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not easy. And if you want to go hunt for a week, you can book a week hunt anywhere you want to go. Chances are you're not killing a wolf. Your 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 chances are one percent maybe, and that's what I tell my buddies when they they want to come down. No, we're gonna hunt wolves. Like, okay, you got three days to hunt. Well, you're not even probably gonna see one, but you might see one and kill one. You know, you just never know. Right. That that may be that that fifty day window or whatever I usually like to compare it to. It might be on the first two days. It might be the middle two days, and it might be you know, at the end, or it might not be at all, you know? I think that's a really good point. Um, you just never know, so you have to keep going. You got to well, keep that's, grinding. You gotta, it's, just, it's just a big grind. That defi- I work harder at wolf hunting than I do any other thing. It's, you know, yeah. September till now, I just got off doing it. And that's... Three days a week. <laughs> right, and, and that's exactly, you know, that, like... I'm not going to lie. It's crossed my mind a few times in the last couple of years um, since it's become a little more popular. And that's exactly what I would have done or thought. I, I think before is I would have thought, Oh, I'm going to go pick up my wolf tag and maybe scout some areas on Google earth, you know, some good backcountry ridges or whatever, and go spend maybe three to maybe, maybe a whole week. Um, you know, and I would have been just up there looking at, winter time you know i, I wouldn't even look i wouldn't even look at google Earth for a wolf right never never even a heartbeat i would find out what state you're hunting i found out exactly what the wintering ranges are the summering ranges to wintering ranges and whatever you know months you're going to hunt them in and i try to intercept those how all your biologists all your local biologists from any state will be able to tell you where where everything winters you know and you think they'll they'd be readily available to just give you that, generally speaking? Well, they have to. Yeah. I mean, all your biologists have to tell you where most of the deer winter. Like, and they're not going to be like, okay, this GPS, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. They're going to give you a general location. Right. You know. I mean, that's your. Okay. Well, okay. So, craziest wolf hunting experience. Bad question. How about the best shot you've ever made? to kill a wolf best shots i just released that video <laughs> uh, on youtube teaser go for oh it. yeah so so i'm freaking i'm i'm hunting it's wide open and i call this wolf in and this was a an experienced rookie mistake i always judge the wind right the wind was howling like freaking 20 30 mile an hour and i know better than that just you know, like shoot at something at 400 yards and you know not judge the wind so I pulled up, you know, I was a, it was an all day stock pulled up. My son was right behind me and I shot and I missed. I'm like, my gun only holds three bullets. Right. So second one, I'm off the bipod. Boom. Miss or no, the second one I, I hit it. And, but I was leading like five feet, but it was, it was out like four or 500 yards. It was crazy. Go check out that video. Where can people... I didn't get it on video. I, di- I didn't get it on video because it went out of my screen, but yeah, it was it was a pretty good shot. You'll get the idea. Where can people yeah. find and that? Then, you- YouTube, you said? 
Yep, right in my bio. If you click in my bio, you'll be able to, you know, you can link to all my videos in my bio. And that's... I have, it, it, I have it, it linked right to my Sterling Extreme Outdoor. Sterling Extreme, just like your... Uh, and that's your Instagram yep. handle, too. Yep. Is that yep. the best place to find you, uh, Instagram, or wh- where do you... If someone had a question or wanted to get in touch with you, is that where you prefer to... I usually do Instagram. You know, I, I got a Facebook page, too, but I don't, you know... I don't get on there much, but Instagram and then YouTube. So, what about maybe if you got like a question, a... DM me. You know, any questions or whatever. I I usually get back to everybody unless it's a negative comment, and I'll block you. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. So, any negative comments, don't even bother because you'll be right there with the rest of the list. Talk talk briefly, just because I know what you're talking about. Talk briefly about, um, you know the the hate mail and the the comments that you get for being a wolf hunter. Well, you know what? It's kind of, uh, I've kind of grown with it. At first I was really like, you know, like these people are crazy. And then after a while, I'm just like, okay, yeah, whatever. I've kind of learned to not even associate with them. Like if somebody makes a, a, like a, a rude comment or whatever, and I get a lot during the wolf, especially like today. I can't even tell you how many times I've probably at least a hundred. Like I said earlier, hundred people. Like I don't know if a wolf lover got a hold of it and a bunch of other, you know, whatever. It is what it is. They have their own opinions, but you know what? I don't sit there and go around and find people that I don't like and sit there and troll on their pages. Mm-hmm. So it's just not what I do. You know, my page is a positive page. Um, I want to keep it that way. So if there's any negative comments, I'm definitely going to get rid of it for sure. What is the best thing or the most crucial things as, as say wolf hunters or just hunters in general that we can do to, you know, not, not fuel that fire. Well, you know what? Do your homework. Um, if you're a wolf hunter or not, do your homework and really understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, not just judge Ralph pictures or posts or, you know what I'm saying? Like, really do your homework on why I'm doing this in this part of the state. And it's not just me doing this in my part of the state. It's everybody else around here that will funds too that just doesn't socialize it. You know what I'm saying? Do you? But do you think there's anything that we're doing as hunters, you know, like, like do you worry about f- the type of photo that you post? Or do you worry about, um, you know, I, I don't know, um, you know, the blood. I don't worry. No, no, I don't worry about nothing. Because you know what? If I look at someone's post or they look at my post, they have that option to look at it or not look at it. So, you know what? It is what it is for me. Yeah. And you just figure as long as you're doing something that's that's legal, then you're doing a legal activity. I'm doing I'm doing exactly. I'm doing it all legal. I pay for my tags. I, you know, I do it and all my money goes back into the management thousands and thousands of dollars in gas goes right back into you know my economy around here i mean so yeah i mean how how do you pick it apart well you know i i I think the problem the problem isn't you the problem is you know when guys go one step further than that and they're and they're not just um you know a picture of a dead wolf with blood on the snow or whatever is not i don't think what's the problem the problem is um, you know, I, I don't know people that have posted, uh, you know, just, just generally having that, that mentality of, 
um, you know, again, one step further than what it's, it's not what you're describing. It's, it's one step further of kind of like, Oh, screw the, screw the anti hunters. Like I'm almost going to do this. I'm going to post this in spite of them. Cause I know that they're going to hate it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and I, I don't think that that's you. Um, you know, I, I think that's, I think that's other people out there. Um, you know, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, does, does that make sense or does that like, do, do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm a trapper too. I mean, it just comes with where I've been born at, you know, and I, I trap a lot of stuff and I have a lot of trapping stuff, but I, I don't ever post that because you know what? It's kind of gruesome. It's kind of, yeah. you know, it is gruesome and it is kind of, you know, somewhat in, inhumane or whatever you want to call it, but whatever, it's just the way of life for me and in what I do up here, right? Right. We don't, I don't, I don't post that, but you know what? Wolf hunting is, it is what it is. Yeah. Like, no, it, I... like I said, if, if you, if, if a viewer wants to look at it, that's their own problem. Right. Don't, don't comment on it because, you know, I don't, I don't go to their page and do that. Same thing <laughs> to them. Yeah. Kind of, kind of what I'm looking at, you know? Right. I mean, you know what? You can, you can almost feed your own fire on that. Yep, exactly. Okay, um, we're, we're, I'll wrap up here. This is what I call the fire round, and so I'll just jump into it, and you'll you'll see what I'm doing here. Um, elk, mule deer, or antelope for you, preference? Mule deer. Mule deer. Mechanical or fixed blade broadhead? Do you do you shoot a bow? Do you hunt with a bow? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I Montana's open. I know Idaho. You can't hunt with a mechanical, but uh, mechanical or fixed blade? Fixed blade, for sure. Hundred percent. Dream hunt. What would be your dream hunt? My dream hunt. Um, I'm gonna make that dream come true next year. I'm gonna go to New Zealand. Going to Mr. Red Stag. Awesome. Tar. Yep. I'm gonna do it all self guided. Is That's that my dream hunt? Is that a different time of year, right? Do they don't they kind of run in the spring? Our springtime. Uh, it's usually around uh, March, February. Yep. Okay. Um, what's your favorite backcountry food item? Fish. <laughs> like mount, you mean mountain caught fish. I mountain assume. fish. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's a good answer. I haven't had that one yet. Yeah. Well, uh, that's just who I am. Yeah. I like it. You know, I don't, I don't, honestly, a lot of times I don't even need to bring food in the backcountry. You make your own, right? Uh, I couldn't, but you don't, you, you haven't seen how, <laughs> how big a boy I oh, am. Come on. <laughs> it's super simple. That, Luke, that is... And that's what a lot of people don't realize. That is my one biggest, like, and not just in the backcountry, just generally speaking, is, like, my biggest... I don't know what the phobia Your is Your biggest called. thing in the backcountry, honestly, my biggest thing in the backcountry is proper clothing and a place to stay. What What are you saying? Like, what? your biggest thing, like, as far as what you're afraid uh, of? Weather around here is crazy. Yeah. So you don't know what you You have to have rain gear, yeah. and, you know, you have to be legit. I could as see far that. as you know, you know, food. You can find food underneath a log. Yeah, if you want to hunt for it. Well, and you know, we don't we don't have the weather problems. You know, like on a say a Nevada bow hunt, like you guys do up there. But man, food like not having enough food is my biggest fear or phobia or anxiety or whatever. And not that I pack too much when I backpack because I just you know you just can't bring the weight. But it's funny that you say that. I would never. Here's the thing Even with food. Day like, hunt, there's, I would never there's go. There's so much food in the backcountry. You know where to look for it. Like anywhere. Like even in the middle of the desert, there's so much food. There really you is. Just, you yeah. really have to do your homework and 
know where to look. I need to have better. Honestly, I need to have better we, woodsmanship. We need to do a podcast on that. We should. <laughs> we will. We'll follow up and do that. We'll get into I, detail on that. Yeah. Um, you already answered this one, but favorite, uh, or yeah, what, what is your favorite backcountry uh, rifle caliber? Is it your 300 drum? Oh, absolutely. That's all I use yeah. I use it for deer and wolves. And I hunt elk with a bow. I've never, I haven't killed an elk with a rifle since, well, 93, I think something yeah. like that. Elk are so. just kind of made to be hunted with a bow in September. I absolutely love bow hunt. I mean, it's, it's just my thing. And bow hunting has always been my thing. So, Okay, that about wraps it up. I got one more question that I ask everybody. Um, but first, um, I want to give you credit, man. I want to give you credit for, first of all, for just taking the time to jump on with me. I really appreciate it. I want to give you credit yeah, absolutely. Um, for the obvious, and that is just being a, a, a wolf killer, man. Like, it's sounds uh, silly to say that but um, I, I, I am who I am yeah <laughs> that's this is what it is right well I want to give you credit for being successful at something that most guys uh, just you know they dream about or they they think man that would be uh, cool someday to you know to kill a wolf but you're actually out there doing it and you're doing it multiple times and you're doing it consistently so that's it's very impressive man and and people are watching and uh, and it's yeah it's impressive. Um, well, I appreciate that. Well, yeah. like I said, you know, if they listen to this podcast and they really listen to the details and they've listened to others, um, you know, it's, it's, it's there for everybody. You just got to make it happen. Yeah. So the last thing I want to give you credit for is kind of something we just talked about. Um, and that was the, the fact that, you know, it seemed like you, I want to give you credit for understanding that there's other people looking at your page and, and, and I think you, man, you said it perfectly. Like, there's some things that you're not going to apologize for. And then there's other things like the trapping thing that you, you know, you're aware of who your audience is and, and what the repercussions of, you know, that you can't just post everything, everything, you know? And so I, I, I want to give you credit for that because I, I think in the world that we live in, um, it's, it's dangerous. You know, everyone has a smartphone and everyone in, in theory, everyone has access to the whole world. And, you know, if we don't have some sort of, um, you know, understanding that who, who, that our audience is everybody, um, then I, I think we can be our own worst enemy sometimes. Um, and so I, yeah. I, I appreciate I, the way I, that you worded it and, and the way that you go. Yeah, about you're it. welcome. Like I said, like if, if anybody's listening to this, and, you know, doing what you just said, um, don't, don't take, you know, social media is social media. I mean, it is what it is. Don't take pictures personal. Like, really research why this happened or what happened before you make a post. That's kind of where, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Right. Well, and, you know, the, the the listeners that I assume that I have, you know, and, and I don't know for sure, but I assume most of the listeners I have, um, you know, they're, they're, they're the other side where, um, you know, they, they definitely don't have any problem with what you're posting, but, but yeah. one of them, you know, myself included might be the guy that accidentally posts something that, you know, was a little bit, um, you know, inappropriate or edgy or something like that, um, that the anti hunters would fuel off of. And, and that, that just, you know, it, it doesn't help anybody. Um, we, we've got to be smart about this. So, yeah, exactly. You know what? And like I said, from the, from, from point one to point now, um, 
you know, if they don't like it, don't <laughs> post on it and, and leave the page, right? Yep. You know, do you think I like to, you know, kill wolves just to kill wolves? No, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't do that just to do that. Does that make sense? Yep. I do it because it's a management part. It's a management process. I don't just go out there and just kill them because I like to kill them. I mean, like I said, I have dogs that live in my house continuously. Yeah. And, it, you know, if they, if they actually got a hold of that and they would realize, you know, it's, it's not what they think, you know, so. Okay. I just don't run, just kill a bunch of wolves. <laughs> so it's, it's not what it is. No, I think uh, hopefully everyone that listens understands that. So um, last question, man. Uh, why? And and we haven't talked, you know, specifically backcountry here, but I think you'll be able to answer this. Why do you hunt the backcountry? Because I don't see very many people back there. <laughs> it's tough, and I love doing stuff tough. So... This is what it is. Perfect. I like waking up every single day and not seeing orange or not seeing another soul, knowing that I have this mountain to myself, right? Isn't that why we all do it? That's why we all do it, man. I appreciate that answer. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.